Merry Christmas, everyone. Our last show before we get ready for Christmas. And uh, thanks to Central National Bank. In fact, it was our buddies from Central National Bank that put together this nice graphic we have of uh, Brian Fonville put it together of Mike Welch, <clears throat> the former Baylor great, upending. Boy, I asked Mike, I said, hey, could you find some picture of you either intercepting an Aggie or, or hitting an Aggie, and you came through big time. Uh, do you remember who that was you were upending in that, uh, in that A&M Baylor game? No, I – I cannot come up with that one. I couldn't tell you. As a matter of fact, you can't hardly even tell it's an Aggie with the close shot. But the wider version, yeah, it's definitely an Aggie. Let's call it. Let's who. Let's think who was playing back then. Rod Bernstein would have been playing. Maybe uh, would would uh, the kid from Carter, Darren. Uh, he might have been playing. I don't know if Tank. I'm trying to think Not of those guys. Sure, I, man. Yeah, I can't hardly remember. Yeah, yeah. Those are. Uh, those are the guys that come to mind. It is uh, Mike Welch uh, joining the Matt Mosley Show. And, uh, Mike, it's, uh, man, it's so fun to have you on. And uh, this is uh, a fun time to do it right here before the holiday season. I know you've been uh, getting together with family. Um, are you uh, – it's pretty interesting, isn't it? You, we've seen the Baylor program with some real peaks and valleys. And now, now the Bears <laughs> returning to the Sugar Bowl for the second time in three years. I would say, Mike, and, and obviously you, uh, and we can get into that in a little bit. You had great ties to the previous regime, but did you yeah. did you ever could you ever imagine Baylor would have gotten it back to this point as quickly as they have? I, I don't think so. You know, I'm I'm really good friends with David Wetzel still, obviously, so very uh, close ties with him. Uh, so keep pretty close tabs on the program through David, but. You know, last year was a tough year, and I think there was a lot of reasons for that, integrating the new staff in a COVID-type season. So, you know, there was a lot of reason to be hopeful. I think Aranda, you know, made some changes that, you know, he had the courage to make those changes and full off-season to implement his system. And, I mean, obviously far exceeded expectations. Did Wetzel get the guitar out back in the day? You know, he's become the basically the, the team chaplain. I'm sure they have a, a chaplain, but he's basically does it all and does a lot of uh, leading uh, praise and worship. Was he doing that back in the day, or was Wetzel uh, enjoying the nightlife there in Waco? No, he was. Um, we were part of, <laughs> we were part of a group uh, actually called the Action Singers, um, some other names that were in that group, um, Scott Works, uh, Cody Carlson, a uh, number of guys. We would we would travel around to churches and sing some goofy songs, and somebody would give a testimony. But Wetzel, would, he would always carry the high notes, so he was one of the stars <laughs> even back then. <laughs> he was the able to get finish. up there. He, was always, he had the big finish. Action singers. So you're saying it was made up of mostly athletes that were part of the action singers. Were those? Was it all football players? No, it was. It was some other guys outside of football, but uh, I'd say a lot of football, some baseball. But yeah, yeah, we were affiliated through uh, loosely through First Baptist, David Gwynn there. So um, yeah, we would we would go around and uh, Greg F finger was another one that was involved. And I hate to name names because I'll forget a lot of people, but that was a good time. We'd go to FCA uh, groups, uh, local high schools, go to churches uh, again, kind of 
sing our silly songs. We weren't great yeah. singers. We were okay, but um, you know, share yeah. our faith and and have a good time. There's another one of my buddies, David Camp, who may have crossed over with you a little bit in there. He knows Wetzel pretty yeah, well, yeah. but I don't think y'all would have led him into action singers. I'm afraid he would have been in some <laughs> other kind of action out there on the Baylor campus, but uh, we won't get into that. Talking to Mike Welch from uh, Sweetwater, Texas. Okay, Mike, take us back. I love talking about things like this, to Your recruitment. For people that don't know it, Art Bryles was your coach back in the day, and then he leaves after your sophomore year, and as I've read it, you know, you were, that was a heartbreaking type deal because obviously he had started to, uh, he played a big role in your uh, young football career, but you had all sorts of, uh, it seemed like there were all sorts of things maybe leading to you ending up at, at Baylor. Who Who is the first person from Baylor that, uh, that sort of you got on their radar and you started hearing from the Bears because you had a really uh, fine, uh, football career out there at Sweetwater, and did, y'all made it. Did y'all win state your, what would that have been, your junior or senior year? Yeah, senior year, yes, sir. Okay, okay. So you got some publicity there, probably played at Texas Stadium back in the day. That would have been, what, 85 or 86? Yeah, actually, season of 84, we got to the semifinals oh, okay. and lost to Denison at Cowboys Stadium. Um lost our quarterback to a broken collarbone the week before. I, I think we might have had a chance to go back-to-back. But, yeah, the next year we won it, played the state championship at TCU, actually. So, Eamon huh. Carter and, uh, uh, you know, had a had a good relationship with Jim Wacker and that regime back then. Um, they ran a, probably a close second, but, yeah, ultimately the Bears won out. Yeah, I would say that uh, Jim Wacker was a little more of a character than Grant. They had a different approach, and uh, that was appointment watching the Jim Wacker <laughs> show, as you remember. I don't know if you could get at that out in Sweetwater, but it was uh, that 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 was kind of a crazy. You know, had all those coaches shows that were kind of the same. Bill Yeoman, yeah. Grant Tab, I and mean, I love Grant's just because obviously because I love Baylor, and Grant did a nice job uh, with Fallon, and then I think John Morris started hosting that, but uh, but Wacker. I mean, he was off the chains. I mean, he was a yeah, he actually, was a character. We were in college, actually. That was can't miss TV. Actually, so we <laughs> we spent a lot of time reviewing the Jim Wacker show. It, <laughs> I mean, we uh, I'd hate to quote him, but it it was uh, it was kind of like, boy, you take away those five or six big plays, and we're right in that one. <laughs> I think that was one of that was one of our favorites. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Now, did you ever? Are you? You may be too young to have gone up against Kenneth Davis. Was he a couple of years before you at TCU? Uh, would oh, Baylor have played? Okay, yeah, he was the Temple Tornado. Was an amazing player. So you, uh, you, you missed him. Who do you? Okay, so you. Who was I did the? Uh, some text with uh, Stephen Shipley here recently. Ironically, who? Oh, uh, really? Was a receiver at TCU back in the day, and he was. We were sharing some old times, but yeah, yeah. He, uh, and there were some good guys back then on the recruiting path. I think uh, their QB coach, the best, I think was his name. I really liked him, but yeah, um, my 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 parents, my mother actually grew up in San Angelo, and of course Taft had a lot of ties back there. So it, I saw him preach a number of times at First Baptist San Angelo uh, back in the day before we really you know, went down the recruiting path, but 
You know, obviously he was probably the number one reason I ended up going to Baylor um, in addition to what I thought was a chance to possibly play fairly early on in, in my career. Um, but but him and the DB coach, um, you know, they uh, they were great dudes, and Baylor was really good back then too. So I, I thought it was a great opportunity. Was Fredenberg there when you were there? Yeah, he sure was, yeah. yep. Isn't that amazing that he's still going um, and, st- and just won a national title at uh, Mary Harden Baylor? I mean, he, he just keeps on rolling. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. Now, what was that like? Yeah, you get to Baylor. on that, yeah. Matt, my, my oldest son, if you don't mind, he, oh. um, he got recruited as a tight end, and he went to Mary Harden Baylor, actually played. Let me see. That would have probably been um, season, fall of 2018, probably. So, I think that was great getting to go to those games and be around Fredenberg again a little bit. But I think they won the national championship the year before my son got there and the year uh-huh. after he left. Um, but those were some good times and some really good teams during during his tenure. So that was a fun couple of years to be around the program. Yeah, talking to Mike Welch, the Baylor great. Uh, the safety ends up with 16 interceptions at Baylor and, um, uh, Mike, what was the – you get there and you're behind the greatest safety in the country. Um, uh, Thomas Everett yeah. wins the Thorpe Award out of Dangerfield. Did you um, – was Thomas a guy who uh, – did you learn some tricks of the trade? Was he, was he helpful? What was that like getting to Baylor and, and playing uh, behind a guy that obviously went on to have a nice NFL career and, and win a Super Bowl? Oh yeah, that that was incredible. Um, that year I spent backing him up was was unbelievable. Just just to get to watch him play and the the feet that he had. I think that was the, always the thing that amazed me the most was his footwork. Just kind of bounce, 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 and then boom, he was gone. But that was a that was a fun year to watch and learn and and big jump in terms of the mental game from high school to college, learning how to read linemen, learning how to read running backs. And um, so that was an incredible experience. And then, yeah, the year after that, I mean, actually the talent that, that I got to play with in the, in the secondary, just so blessed that after playing behind Thomas for a year, that next year it was me, Norris Blunt, who's the, you know, son of uh, the great Pittsburgh Steeler Blunt. And then, Ray Crockett and Robert Blackman. So that was that was an amazing group that got to play together for a couple of years. And but yeah, Thomas was incredible. Um, can't say enough about him. That was that was quite a thrill to get that opportunity just to watch him and and learn behind him. Yeah. Well, and then you go on. Now, what was your? Um, did, did you played some offense? I believe at Sweetwater. Do you think that? helped in you were so great at reading quarterbacks and then and I can I have this vague memory of you like breaking your hand or something and almost having to maybe you still got an interception and I hope I'm not uh, uh, forgetting that or remembering that wrong but you end up you end up with 16 interceptions and I mean it just seemed like every every ball that went up was yours what do you what do you attribute that to was that uh, great film work do you think some of your maybe playing some offense earlier in your, like in your high school career helped in that regard because not all defensive backs are known for having great hands. I think 
so. Yeah, in high school, I I played uh, both ways and little running back and and uh, split in and return punts and all that. So I I had the ball in my hand a fair amount. But um, yeah, I think it's instincts and and good coaching. You know, just learning how to read a quarterback, follow his eyes. Um, you know, that's something I've tried to pass on to kids as I've coached is that next level of reading what's unfolding in front of you. But yeah, the opportunity to go get it, um, being able to pull it in when you get there. So, yeah, I had the opportunity to play behind three DB coaches, actually, um, and all of them brought a little something different to the table. So I think that was a, a great benefit in the long run. Uh, Mike, how did you all handle that? I mean, you all are so good on defense. I'm talking 87 88, 89, 86, that team really should have won the conference. You got that uh, that game against A&M, everybody remembers. But, uh, yeah. I mean, 85 actually was a great season and, and should have could have won the conference that year. But And that had to be tough that you all are that dominant on defense. I'm talking about like 88 through 90, and yet you just couldn't really get it done on the other side of the ball. How did y'all handle that? Because it it had to be frustrating because it didn't. Offense never got going until Grant finally put JJ in in '90. I remember that tie against A and M, but that thing that finally kind of got going. How did y'all handle that? Well, you're, you're kind of setting me up there to dog call on my offensive brethren. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to take the bait there, Matt. But um, you know that that but that team in '86. Uh, and people that ask me about it was might laugh, but that team was as good as anybody in the country. And it, it was a couple of fluky little things that kept them from going undefeated and maybe playing for it. I mean, the fluky in, uh, game against uh, USC and then the A&M game and then a couple of fluky things against SMU. Uh, that team was unbelievable. And the defense that was played that year was amazing, too. But, yeah, it, it was frustrating, uh, particularly in 89. Gosh, you had, you had Blackman and, and France, you know, Francis and Santana Dotson. And, I mean, you could – Robin, you, you could go on and on and on. Um, and we'd win games, you know, 10-3. We lost one to Rice, 6-3. And, but, uh, yeah, the year after that, we – you know, when, when J.J. took over and it looked like we had a real chance to win the conference, and then, you know, he goes down in the Rice game, and we ended up we ended up getting uh, beat by Texas for the chance to go to the Cotton Bowl that year. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny, you know, you think about some people ask me, hey, uh, you know, my nephews, Uncle Michael, did you go to bowl games? And I say, well, yeah, when we were – Nine and three, we went to the Blue Bonnet Bowl, and then uh, we were seven, four, and one my senior year, and didn't go anywhere. That's so wild. It, that that has changed a little bit, but yeah, um, you know, it, I, I think you know the way JJ kind of had it going. That that was a shame. What happened to him? Kind of a again a fluky thing in practice, but you know, you just you don't think about it in the moment. You just go go back out, do your job, and. Uh, and hope for the best but man those were great times it's the relationships that came out of there you know I I wouldn't trade it for anything now is Sweetwater where they have the uh the rattlesnake rattlesnake roundup is that uh is that Sweetwater Texas were you ever were you were you able to participate that ever did you out did you go out and uh 
and hunt rattlesnakes? No, I, I was not real involved with that. Um, <laughs> I do think my youngest sister was Miss Snake Charmer one year, though, so I, I'll, <laughs> I'll claim that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. What's her name? We need to give her full credit for that. Miss Snake Charmer. I'm sure she would Anna appreciate Welch, that. Miss Snake Charmer, you know, circa 19-something, 90-something. Let's not date her. Yeah, uh, but she, oh, needs to, yeah. she needs to know that she got a shout-out from you. Well, Mike, we'll have to do a part two at some point. Uh, man, you, you had a great career. I understand you're really uh, a successful financial planner. I saw your phone number. You must be up in the uh, Metroplex these days and yeah. and somehow through i think some mutual friends uh, you got to be friends with some of my fraternity brothers from baylor um uh and those guys were really mean to me back in the day but i've i've survived it and now we're great friends but tasker and then the big a we called him steve well, anderson uh it's really oh, cool yeah. that you know yeah. those guys i've known tasker since we were you know just starting off as newlyweds having kids all our kids grew up together he lived right around the corner actually right now so uh I, I won't say anything else on air that that he has shared with me but he did say hello and and wishes you the best yeah i like tasker he was a little rough on me but uh i it doesn't didn't shock me that <laughs> tasker became like mayor of wherever y'all live at some point he was mayor city council if he's not running it he's not enjoying it so he really yeah. needs to be in charge at all times. That is that is Tasker. So anyway, uh, yeah, much. give the give. give <laughs> well, uh, great to visit with you, Mike, and uh, hope to see you at one of these uh, at one of these Baylor games in the future. Cody's the uh, Cody's been the president of the uh, B Association, so he needs to he needs yeah. to be hosting you at these games and, and making sure you're in a you're in a proper suite uh, for a Baylor Hall of Famer like yourself. Well, put a good word in for me if you don't mind. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Commander Cody and his air squadron. Yeah. The posters are still around. There's still a few floating around. <laughs> I don't know if the defense got that kind of treatment, but C Commander Cody, he still had hair back then. That's some blonde yeah. hair. Yeah, he looked good. He looked pretty good back in the day. And then Darnell and uh, what was our what was our buddy's name from Ennis, Texas? Uh, Simpson, John Simpson. Oh my gosh, yeah. that guy was fast. But uh, <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, I could do this all day. Uh, I really appreciate yeah, it, Mike. Man. I'll talk to you soon. It's a pleasure, Matt. You, there, he, there he goes. Mike Welch, uh, the uh, former uh, safety at Baylor. 16 career interceptions and honestly one of the greatest uh, players that Grant ever brought out of West Texas. Grant. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. Presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Ascension Providence, Myatt Fuels, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley. Right, it's Matt Mosley. Thanks to all our fine sponsors as uh, we get ready, get you ready for Christmas. Oh, we've had some Christmas carols today. Let's uh, let's now have on Baylor's Director of Athletics, Mac Rhodes, joining us. Lots of fun stuff going on at Baylor. Mac, uh, great to have you on. Let me ask you this. What is your favorite, uh, very hard-hitting question right off the top, your favorite Christmas carol? Do the uh, Does the Rhodes family have one they particularly like to get around the piano and, uh, and belt out around the, uh, around the holiday season? Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a curveball on this one, and I don't even know the name of it, but the the Christmas song done by the Eagles, 
So that that's where I'm headed, man. I I love that song. Man, you love the Eagles, don't you? And I've got to uh, okay. We we'll play that later. Uh, we'll look that up and play that. I was just reading up on the Eagles and how like Jackson Brown was real influential with them, although he was never in the band. And uh, I've been watching all that stuff on the Beatles, Mac. If you ever have like ten hours to kill, <laughs> which you probably don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Disney Plus, and it's the most amazing documentary, and you just get to watch. In fact, if you ever have trouble sleeping in the middle of the night, it'd be a great thing, cause, but it's just awesome because you get to watch uh, John and Ringo and Paul and, and John. I mean, the, the whole uh, George is just incredible. All right, Mac, uh, enough. But speaking of music, we'll have a new venue for all sorts of uh, – It'll be a music venue, concert venue type thing, as well as the Foster Pavilion. Uh, congratulations on getting that done. I know I've asked you over and over, okay, when is the timetable? And you would say, I think we'll know by the end of December. And here we are, and you were act- very accurate. Um, congratulations on it. Uh, why do you think, Mac, when, it, when you looked at all the different options, why would you say this downtown project teaming up with the city of Waco why did you why do you think you ended up here? Yeah, you know, there's there's certainly several reasons and you know, I think one the the just location and when you think the the value of the real estate and branding for for Baylor University right on on I-35 and you know, you think about all of the the traffic that goes by on a daily basis and you know, particularly you're you're headed south, right to, to Austin. You come over that hill and you see McLean Stadium on the left, and you go, "Wow!" And and now, you know, I think we we add another element when uh, or with the uh, uh, Foster Foster Pavilion, and and again, you're you're going to be be able to see it uh, on I-35 headed headed north. So that's that's you know certainly a a, a piece of it. Um, and you know, I, I think an opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to partner with the, with the city of, of Waco and, you know, certainly grateful to, to the mayor and, and, uh, uh, Bradley Ford and, and, uh, and city council. But, um, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's good for Waco and I think it's, you know, certainly good for, for Baylor, Baylor university and kind of this meshing of, of, uh, of, Baylor and, and downtown, kind of an extension of, of campus, and you know the vibrancy um, that that this this will add. And you know when we're recruiting student athletes or when we we're recruiting students, that that's really important. And um, talking about Waco and you know what what is there to do, and and uh, again going back to that to that word to that word um, vibrancy. I think the setting you know, right there on the river with the inlet. Um, I think it's going to be spectacular, uh, particularly with, with the backside of, of the pavilion, our, our development center. And so you think about recruiting and, uh, and again, uh, that, that building on that setting, their downtown with restaurants and, and, uh, and housing and retail. And so we, we think it's going to be, be, uh, really really attractive for for our uh, for our student athletes and and student student population so those are those are the, some of the reasons and uh, you know we we look forward to getting started on it okay so you're targeting what for your first uh, basketball season like the first game if you had to uh, try to pinpoint it what are we what are we talking about here 2024 
Yeah, so we're we're hoping that um, and and we're targeting to to play what what I would would say the the Big Twelve uh, portion of the season in uh, in twenty four. So you know January one. Uh, 2024 to be able to play again the Big 12 season and, and then I think you'll you'll see the development center probably follow um, you know completion you know three to four to five months uh, thereafter so you know that's that's the plan you know we, we really don't want to miss that entire you know what we call 23-24 season and, and have to wait until November of 24 to to, to to finally play in there. So, um, you know, I think we're, we're in lockstep and, and, um, and everybody's ready to go so that we can make that, that January 1, 2024, uh, date. What do you, what do you see that development being? Will that be mixed use? Could there be some folks living down there? Uh, restaurants, uh, coffee shops, what are we, when you, uh, cause I mean, obviously you've seen these, sometimes you get excited and, and it takes a little longer than you would want for the developers to come in there and get some of that going uh, for, for new venues. If this comes out the way you want it to, what do you kind of see that area looking like? And I know the city of Waco will also have a big hand in that as well. Yeah, I, I think, you know, initially phase one, phase two here in the next, in the next you know, um, two to four years, I think you're going to see riverfront restaurants. You're going to have farmer's market. Um, you're going to have you know, the, the, the retail mixed use housing, um, is already under, under construction. So I I think you're going to have a lot of activity, um, in, in that area, um, and, and along the, the, the riverfront and, uh, you know, the connection of the riverfront all the way up and the redevelopment of it, you know, all the way up to, to the Baylor law school, um, is going to provide a great walkway and, and, uh, and a, you know, pathway to, to get back and forth and, you know, um, University Park and the plan that they're going to do, you know, do that and uh, where there'll be bike lanes and pedestrian lanes. And so I just think that area is going to is, is going to turn into something, you know, really, really cool. And I and I don't think it's a you know, I don't think it's a, you know, necessarily a, a, a 10 year project. I think it's much, much sooner than that. And um, and again, I. I, I like, and I think we like. I can certainly speak on behalf of Baylor um, that you know this this just isn't you know good for Baylor, but it's good for for our community and uh, and again the city of Waco. All right, uh, Mac Rose, join us, Matt Mosley show. Mac, the uh, size of the arena, y'all, y'all wanted to get this smaller, and uh, and some places have retrofitted arenas. Y'all decided to go the uh, the new arena route. 500 standing room only, 7,000 people will be in it. What guided that decision? I mean, obviously, uh, you know, some of these other places that have gone a little smaller, it does create maybe even more of a home court advantage. Um, it, it, what, what all kind of went into that? Because you know, as great as your men's program is right now, uh, you've, got, uh, you've got a ton of people who want to get in to see those games. Is this, is this about making it just a – a, a, a just a better experience and a in a in a bigger home court advantage. What would you? How would you comment on the the size uh, where you arrived there? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. Um, you know, the, the 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 number one driver was certainly home court advantage and and giving both programs you know 
um, the, the, the best advantage that we can provide, uh, making it, you know, a, a really, really difficult place when, when visiting teams come in and, you know, you and I may have talked about this earlier, but, you know, you look at a, a survey that was done several years ago. And when I say several years ago, it's, it's certainly within, I believe the last three or four years, but you know, the big 12 men's basketball coaches ranking the toughest places to play in, in the big 12. And, you know, out of 10 Farrell center was ranked ninth. And, um, and, and look, when we fill the Farrell center, that is a really, really tough place to, to play, but we, we don't do that with, with consistency. And, you know, we've talked about, you know, basketball is, is different than, than football, just the number of home games, you know, right around 18, uh, many of them during the, the weekday. And, and uh, you know, you have season ticket holders that, that come from Dallas and Houston and Austin and, you know, uh, within that, that radius. And so sometimes it's hard to come on, on weeknights, et cetera. So trying to, prov- to, to, you know, create this consistency of just sold out games and just loud and fan base on, on top of you and, and making it really, really difficult every single home game, you know, all, all 18 and, and creating this, this phenomena of, Hey, this is the place to be. And uh, you can't wait until Saturday to, you know, game day to, to buy your tickets. You got to plan and, and think about it uh, well, well in advance. And so we, we did a lot of market analysis and, and study. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say every arena, but, but uh, a lot of the arenas and stadiums are, are not getting larger. They're getting smaller. Baseball certainly went that, that route. And um, we think it's, you know, the, the, the right size for us, just like, just like we think McLean stadium is, uh, is the right size for us. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's about, about winning games and, and, uh, and, and not, you know, the, the, the capacity of, of your, of your stadium. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, 7,006 seats and 500 additional standing room room only right on, on top of the court, and we think it's going to be electric, electric environment. Will you ask the media just to kind of save on seats to be in that standing room area? Yeah, we have a we have a special section. Um, we'll put a nameplate on the floor, Matt Mosley, and you'll be able to stand right there. So it'll be good. I don't. I really don't mind. I just get me in there anywhere. I'd be pretty. Uh, I'd be. I'd be fine with that. Talking to Mac Rose, director of athletics for Baylor, and. Uh, uh, you saw what happened to A&M. They had to pull out of their uh, bowl game against Gator Bowl. Rutgers is going to play them. Uh, can you tell us um, how is, is – and I know it's tough when the players get to go home for the break. You always cross your fingers that everybody's, you know, doing the right things and will come back. How do you feel about the COVID situation, seeing how the NFL, NBA, it's, it's getting a little bit out of control again? Uh, do you feel kind of cautiously optimistic about uh, – how you guys have handled this in the football program. Yeah, it's, it's beginning to feel a lot like last year and, um, you know, a little bit un, unsettling uh, because again, as, as you know, it's just, it's unpredictable. And so, you know, all you can do is control the things that, that you can control. And so, you know, we've been taking precautionary measures and, um, and have talked about protecting the team and, and, uh, you know, our student athletes have, have done a, a great job doing that. Um, you know, 
going home for Christmas, you know, there's, there's certainly some risk there, but, um, we just didn't believe that, um, you know, you can, you can keep your, your, your young people, your, your student athletes from, from going home and, and being with, with family. And, um, that, that's really an important part of, uh, for, for them and, and, and just this, this, this season. And, uh, so, you know, um, they're, they're going to do that. And, uh, we're going to, we're going to pray that, um, you know, again, they, they, uh, take precautionary measures while, while away for the, for the couple days. And, you know, we're trying to figure out right now, uh, Matt, candidly, when, when do we, when do we arrive in New Orleans? And, um, you know, I think we, we know when we'd like to, to, to land in New Orleans, but, um, but whether or not we can do that, you know, the, the charter flights, um, really, really difficult to make any change in adjustment. You know, originally we were, we were flying out, headed, headed to New Orleans on the, on the 27th. If we can delay that for a, for a couple days, you know, we're going to, we're going to do that if we, if we can, but right now, um, not sure that we can. And so hopefully we'll have some clarity there in the next, uh, in the next 24 hours. Wow. I mean, there's just stuff that people, you know, you just don't ever think you're going to have to be dealing with. You're excited to get into town, but like you say, you want to be able to play the game. And so all that, uh, all that kind of comes in. Well, that's really interesting to clarify that, that maybe you're trying to get in the 29th, if you can get folks to, uh, to work with you. Um, by the way, are you getting to uh, take a peek? Did you, have you had a, t- uh, a peek at any of these uh, uh, bowl practices? I know you like to get over there every once in a while. Uh, or how are things, uh, how are things looking over there, the preparations? Yeah, no, I've, I've been able to, um, you know, this week get to, you know, a couple practices for, you know, probably 30 minutes each, each time, but, uh, practices are spirited. Our, our, uh, our coaches are locked in, our, our student athletes are, are locked in and, and, um, you know, I, I think, you know, that's, that's such the great reward um, for going to a bowl game is, uh, is the extra practices. And, uh, and it, you know, certainly your, your, you know, your, your starters, right. You know, get to, get to have some reps, but, but I think it's just invaluable with your two deep and your three deep and some of the reps that, uh, they're able to get, you know, and, and so they're, they're getting better and growing. And so, you know, that's, that's the best thing about about going to the bowl game is is the uh is the extra practice and um it's it's looked good you know um it's it's uh it's been fun to see them and and they've been there's been a lot of energy and they've been uh been really spirited all right so we haven't had any access to dave aranda did you get a peek at the quarterbacks can you report <laughs> can you report <laughs> how they look i don't know mac you're the only one i know that's seen practice i i have to at least ask you yeah no our our quarterbacks our quarterbacks look look good and and uh you know they're uh they're uh look we've got a we've got a talented group and uh, and uh we just need to need to make sure that that they uh that they you know evade you know COVID and and uh we'll we'll be we'll be in good shape 
Yeah, well, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun matchup, and uh, it's gonna be great to get to New Orleans. I know a lot of the Baylor family coming in. You expect Mac for all those activities, kind of like the uh, the parade, the pep rally. You as of now, I know this thing always seems like it's changing by the minute. Does all that, all those activities that everybody's excited about? Do you you think we're going full bore with with those things as of as of today? Yeah, you know, I I think it's I think it's Matt. It's a great question. I think it's it's pending. You know, um, there was one event. I don't know that it's it's become public, so I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know name the event. But there there was an event that. Uh, you know, included both teams and, and, and also some of the public. And we found out, you know, uh, just probably 30 minutes ago that that was canceled. Um, and so I, I think it's going to be just day by day and, and see how this, how this transpires, you know, right now, um, depending upon when, when we, you know, when we get there, whether that's the, the 27th or another date before the, before the 30th. You know the the team events are still are still planned and and uh, look the the Sugar Bowl has been um, they're they're unbelievable and uh, you know they're they're working hard to take every precautionary measure. Um, grateful to, to 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 Jeff and and just that that entire staff and and their volunteers their board. Um, you know they they really want. Our, our student athletes and our coaches and our fans to have a great experience. And um, again, they're, they're doing everything they can to, to take a, as, as many precautionary measures as, as possible. All right. Well, congratulations, by the way, that recruiting class looked like, uh, looked like they closed the door. Uh, I mean, obviously you could bring a few more in, but uh, that really looked good and uh, was excited. The Winfield kid that, uh, that you guys got signed out of Louisville looks like an unbelievable player. And uh, so that'll be great. Last thing I was going to say to you, I, I got to visit with Michelle Leonard the other day and uh, had a great visit with Michelle. And I, I just, you know, DB, it's funny how the Baptists kind of stick together and you just look right down the road to DBU and, uh, and you found a, uh, I mean, this is a, uh, a champion. I, I can't say that I had known. I knew they had a great baseball program. But then I started looking back at Michelle Leonard's time there and she had turned that thing into a juggernaut. So, Congratulations on that hire. I, I just I, I feel like you might have you might have hit a home run on that one. Well, we we obviously love her, and and uh, you know we think her and, and Lenny and, and Keaton and Wyatt are, are great additions to to our family. And um, you know she's you know one you know consistently um, at a at an unbelievable rate, and uh, you know that that was a, a search where we had. Uh, a unbelievably talented pool of, of candidates and so um, made it really difficult but but that you know says a lot for for Michelle and um, you know she's the one that that we selected and you know we're excited for her to to take over the reins and and again you know she takes over a program that's in in really great shape thanks to to Paul and 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 that staff so looking forward to to some exciting days ahead for the women's soccer program well listen we appreciate it basketball's doing great number one in the country i look today the only downside of course these freshmen are so good i looked at a mock draft kendall's already 16th and uh, jeremy is uh, is like 40th 
he's a second round projection. So <laughs> they're really, uh, I mean, this is kind of an unbelievable thing. You've been able to build on it, the national title. You never know what it's going to be like that next year. So far, so good. So that, that, that's been a lot of fun. Mac, we, uh, we appreciate it. Wish you a Merry Christmas, and we'll go find that uh, Eagle song now, all right? Please, please do. It's, it's, it is the best Christmas song. Merry Christmas to you, Matt, and Merry Christmas to all the Baylor family. Thank you for having me on. You bet. There he goes. Uh, Mac Rhodes, Director of Athletics at Baylor University. A lot going on with the new pavilion, uh, Sugar Bowl coming up, COVID uh, doing its thing, and the men's basketball program, number one in the country, and uh, continues to uh, be a juggernaut. And then hired a, uh, a really, really seems like a, uh, a cracker Cracker Jack uh, soccer coach. I don't know if he really likes to be called that. But anyway, 